On today's Pro Mom, I'm speaking to Rachel Gott. She owns her own recruitment business called um, Apple and Inc. She also runs the mentorship scheme, Who's Your Mama, um, which is actually how me and Rachel met. Um, I want to find out from Rachel how she managed to set up her business very close to having her son, but also to find out how the briefs are looking from the recruitment side of things when it comes to mums. How old was your son when you decided to um, start up your own business? So my son Raf was about six months old when I decided to set up my own business. Wow. Um, but I didn't set it up until he was a year. But it was about six months stage when I realised that I didn't want to go back to my previous employer. Okay. Yeah. And what made you like not want to go back? Was it going through the process of having a child or it was a couple of reasons one predominantly that I wasn't able to at the time go back into the level of role that I was in on a part-time basis okay so the organization said that to go back in at direct level it was a five-day week job okay which so yeah, that was that was ten years ago. So things may have changed now. Um, and after having Raf, I realised that I didn't want to go back and work five days a week anywhere. Um, and I certainly didn't want to go back to an organisation on a, a lower level and lower salary for a part-time job either. Mm-hmm. So I made the decision at about six months in my head um, to set up my own, set up my own recruitment business. Yeah. Basically, yeah, that's exciting. It was. <laughs> it, it was. And actually, rather than um, putting pressure on myself to set up a business, because we'd survived for six or well, nine months by that stage yeah. on standard maternity pay, which from the government isn't that much, I think we, both me and my husband Luke, realised that life is okay without me having a salary. So we set up, I set up the organisation thinking that even if I made what I would call just a bit of pocket money to help us, then that, that would be okay. So I kind of didn't have that pressure yeah. from myself to go, right, I'm setting up a business, it needs to be this size, this turnover. I was just like, right, let's just give it a go. And if I can make, I think I said at the time, 20 grand a year, wouldn't that be amazing? So I definitely didn't set myself a failure, I think. And it wasn't because Luke at the time had a big job or anything I mean he was on a fairly I think at this time he was like a senior account manager somewhere so it wasn't like I had a partner on a big salary but we'd just gotten used to not going out because we'd had a baby we got used to the fact that we didn't have to spend as much as we thought we used to have to and that, and that life was cha- life had changed I suppose okay yeah and did you have any help from anyone or did you just well financially or um no, just generally like in the day-to-day of, of, of building a business, I guess. No, so for the first... Um, so, what, so what I did was I, I got Rafi into uh, Childminder for three days a week initially so I could work nine till five from home. Um, and because I was still doing recruitment, which is what I'd always done, yeah. it was easy for me to be able to phone up old candidates and clients and I'd known them for a long time and I was amazed actually by how much good faith there was in the industry and 
my name I thought I was going to phone up and be like hi how are you doing and actually everyone was like great glad you're back brilliant everyone was really really supportive so that gave me a real confidence boost and I think when you set off and do your own thing you're a bit nervous about it and you feel you've been out of the industry for a long time but actually nine months or a year in advertising is nothing it's nothing <laughs> literally it's nothing so uh, that was a real confidence booster actually that people remembered my name and wanted me to succeed so that was great so that was really helpful um, what did you ask sorry no you're fine um, I was just asking oh, about for help and if, you, if you had any help or whether you just did go it alone yeah so so then I just did it alone and quite quickly after about six months I realised that I had to increase Rafa's childcare for four days a week which I did and then very quickly realised that I needed some admin support because I was finding that I was faffing around doing all this admin, which was taking up too much time from me actually doing the recruitment side of the business. And so I got chatting to a mum that I knew, who we used to meet in the park, and she used to do admin and bits and bobs of invoicing and accountancy. So she used to do a day a week with me just to kind of clear up all the admin and mess I was creating along the way I suppose and that worked great for about 18 months and then and then what happened well then we thought about having another child but that didn't happen for us so after that do you want me to talk about that you can talk about whatever you feel comfortable talking okay. about. Um. So it didn't happen for us having another child and that whole process was probably a good year and a half of me working for myself and having Kate who was helping me out with the admin and I was like trying for another baby anyway, it didn't work. And I think when we made the decision that we weren't going to have a bigger family, we were just going to have the one, mentally I wondered if I cope then by putting all my energy into growing the business which in effect became my second child. That's me being really honest. Yeah. So that's what I did. I put all my energy into growing Apple and Inc. from when Raf was probably about three until he was about eight. So it's five years of growing Apple and Inc. Um, and that's when I then hired recruiters and what have you, and it was still a small business to eight or nine people at its most, but we had offices in um, Soho, and I was working five days a week at this stage, and kind of working 12 hours a day, and it was a great journey, and did really, really well, um, and then I turned 40, <laughs> <laughs> and had another revelation um, that life can't all be about work and I think one of the questions I you know you've obviously briefed me on previously was what was the biggest sacrifice you made for work and for your family yeah. and, and vice versa so I think the biggest sacrifice I made for my work during that period was actually not spending enough time with Raf and he started school age four so reception year one and year two I wasn't there to pick him up or drop him off and after the five years, I, I remember just thinking, what, what the hell am I doing here? Yeah. I'm missing out. I've got this one. I've got one child. I need to spend a bit more time with him. So then the biggest sacrifice I gave up for my family two and a half years ago was scaling my business right back. And it was, you know, we had half a million turnover. It was in profit. It was doing well. But I realised that for my family, for as 
for me to keep the family together in effect and be a mum to Rafi that he deserved me to be I did have to scale that back and end up just working for myself which is now what I do okay. so work-life balance now is perfect yeah well as perfect as it can be yeah. but I feel I've gone through this journey to get to the point where I'm now comfortable so how long happy. has that taken well, it's taken well actually it's taken no no it's taken about so it was, it's taken about seven years okay. to get to that point because I think as a woman and as a working mom you go through all these things of well for me it was oh I should have a second baby then it was like oh if I'm gonna have a business I should grow it there's all this should could I would I you know all those questions yeah. and it was only this this moment I had when I when I realized that I shouldn't have to do anything I actually had to do what was right for me yeah. and Rafi and Luke so that's when as a family actually well actually as a partnership with Luke we made that we made that decision together so yeah it's been a journey it's an amazing journey <laughs> thank you for sharing that with me um so would, I'm guessing from that then you would say that you've got quite like an equal parenting with you and Luke would you say or has that only now become so it's funny when we talk about equal parenting when I first had Rafi it definitely wasn't equal parenting and that's because obviously I was the one off on maternity leave Luke was at work and as the mum if you're breastfeeding you're very much there and I remember over the first year there were quite a few discussions around look we need to get a bit more of a balance here because I think it's very easy when you've never done this before to automatically step into the role of partner goes out to work you stay at home and do all the parenting and so we did have quite a few discussions how's this how's this going to work because on one level as well for me I found staying at home just a bit boring after a while if I'm really honest so I needed Luke to step in a bit more at the weekends and take him off and do things because going to the park every day actually it's very it can be very monotonous everyone thinks it's the dream they're like I don't do it work I'd love yeah. to be able to go to the park every day yeah. but when you're then doing that every- yeah. I suppose that interaction with like adults as well yeah <laughs> like, it's the interaction with adults but you, you kind of do see adults I suppose you meet other mums at the park it's just the monotony of it it's often full of a lot of routine having a baby yeah. and the child it's routine doing the nappy the changing and this and then that and if you're used to working in quite a fast-paced industry or an industry that's changing all the time actually taking a step out of that maybe as a creative or a client services whatever is it's quite a hard thing because you're going from this kind of quite unprocessed industry yeah. into a role that is really all about routine Routine, yeah so it you know so that was tough and then the parenting um when i grew the business well, the parenting was then shared with a nanny, to okay. be honest. So, in effect, you could say that she was the third parent in the relationship. Yeah. Um, and at the weekends, Luke and I very much equally shared. We did share the parenting. Um, but during the week, the, the nanny was obviously there doing a lot more of the stuff, of the day-to-day stuff, than Luke or I did. Um, and that was difficult because you come back after a stressful day at work and what you want to do is sit and read stories to your four-year-old but actually when you come back from work you're often incredibly stressed and all you want to do is get them into bed so they're asleep so that you can sit back and talk out the day with your partner or 
get on have with a drink more work. or get on with more work or whatever so that getting that balance was right being able to walk through the door and then becoming a mum and leaving all that stress at the front door was very difficult I struggled with that a little bit I found it really hard to do that um, and that's why kind of in some ways I realised that I had to rebalance my work-life balance yeah. and take the pressure off thinking I had to achieve and I had to grow a business and I had to keep making it more successful yeah. because nothing was really working apart from well actually for my employees it was working it was working for everyone else it wasn't working for me Luke and Rafi yeah and then now, now in terms of the parenting, because again, there's all these different stages. Yeah. So now I've taken a step back and I'm at home a lot more. The parenting isn't shared because my partner's got a really busy, stressful job and I've made that decision and I'm more than happy to do more than he does. Yeah. But when he's around at the weekend, then yes, it is shared. Yeah. But I think it's unfair for me to ask him to do as, as much as he can sometimes when he's got a really busy week. Yeah, I guess when I say sharing, I don't yeah. mean necessarily like um, equally, like how much time do you spend? Yeah. It's more, like, I guess, I almost see shared parenting as you feel supported by your partner and that they're aware they're aware that you're not just a mum. Yeah. When I say just a mum with, you know, yeah, obviously that's so a very big job, but also I guess that they're there as a support system and they support you and your ambition as well as... Yes. Yes, I can see what you're saying with that. But most working women I meet and know, yeah. actually, where the support comes from when you've got a busy life and kids is actually doing stuff because there's just so much to do. Yeah. So it's making sure that, I mean, little things like birthday presents for a party have been bought on the Saturday or doing this. It's all very well being supportive. Yeah. Of course you need to be supportive. But actually, you want someone to also help with the day-to-day running of a family over the weekend time. That's actually where it feels more, for me anyway, that's where it feels more supportive. So that not everything about running the family is thrown on me. It's almost like it's the little things, isn't it? Yeah. It sounds really stupid, but the little things of you get home and it's like oh the washing up's done I don't have to yeah. do that or, or he's, he's been taken to football I don't have yeah. to do that today exactly or, or the swimming kit's packed or it's dry or the present's been sorted for this party like, admit, yeah. or just the stuff like that That that's when you feel I would say that you're in an equal partnership yeah with your partner it's actually understanding that there are other little things that need to be done yeah yeah okay that's really good mm. um, so did you always know that you wanted children? No, I mean, well, I remember as a teenager saying that I never wanted children. Um, And I didn't up until um, I met Luke. I think you only, or, well, for me, I only knew that I wanted children once I'd found someone that I really wanted to be with forever. Um, And then it was quite difficult for us to have children, so that was a whole new issue. But that's becoming so much more common these days and there's so many brilliant support networks out there yeah. if you ever find yourself in that situation. So you didn't have you, you didn't have a um, plan before that then? You didn't say to yourself, I've got, I've got to do X in order to be able to have children or in terms of your no. career? No, I didn't. I mean, at the back of my mind, there was always this, I need to get as senior as I can so that when I 
have gone maternity leave and I can come back in a really senior job again there was always that that feeling yeah. that I needed to be senior as I could be yeah. before I decided to have children but looking back now I'm glad I didn't wait because it took us quite a while yeah. to be able to have a child and I think if I'd waited we may now not even have kids yeah. so my advice to anybody listening would be if you want you've got to do what feels right for you and not what's dependent where you are in your career or your work I think the important thing is that you've got a supportive partner yeah. they're really prepared to get involved in pairing in, in the parenting and, and the kind of running of the house and the family yeah. um, and that it's what you both really want rather than feeling that you need to wait for a point in your career because I think if you wait there may be a situation where you've waited a bit too long Yeah. perhaps because sounds like so you you did have a plan and you you was like you were saying earlier you um you were actually quite senior at the time yeah. so did you feel a little bit almost let down by the system when you then realized that you couldn't go back part-time yeah completely yeah completely but actually it then also gave me the ambition and drive to want to work for myself yeah which whilst it's been a really interesting journey, it's definitely been the best journey, yeah. without a shadow of a doubt, um, and it's enabled me to get involved. Well, actually, now scaling the business back has enabled me to get involved in running the She Says Who's Your Mama programme, the Creative Mentoring Network for the disadvantaged secondary school kids as well, and without any of those things, you know, I feel my life's much more diverse, and I've got my fingers in lots of different pies, rather than just in the same old for the money, yeah. where you maybe don't feel as valued, perhaps, so working for yourself is been great but and you don't find that like lonely either because obviously you are just like obviously you're yeah. saying I suppose you're saying that being a being a mum sometimes felt um quite the same each day yeah. and obviously being by yourself but then I guess that's brought in by the clients that you're speaking yeah to so yeah. yeah so the kind of business that I'm in is very much about coming into town having meetings so I'm always talking to other people yeah. I can understand that if someone is thinking about their own business and it's a, maybe a craft business and they're in their own studio down there, you know, I think that that may be something to consider about, you know, how you're going to kind of go out there and meet people. But more and more, where I live in East Dulwich, there are so many um, networks for um, the mums, working mums, people who are setting up their own businesses, social groups, for everyone to meet. Yeah, so, there's so much more. There's yeah, so much more. more yeah, acceptable, yeah, isn't it? yeah. More. And and everybody's really supportive of everyone else as yeah. well. Um, so you kind of feel like you're, there's a bit of a camaraderie. Yeah. Because you all know what each other's going through. Yeah, and you're all going through it either at the same time yeah. or one's been through it, one hasn't, yeah. etc. Yeah. 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 Um, so you mentioned obviously who's your mama. Yeah. Um, is there anything like? that keeps reoccurring with the people that are coming to you to be mentored that they're seeing as a problem in terms of career versus starting a family? Yes, yeah, so there's a lot of um, a lot of people come to us with a, a nervousness around, I'm thinking of having a child, but how's this going to affect my career? I just want to talk to someone who's been there because I just don't even know what to think. Do I need to freelance? Do I need to think about this? Do I need to think about that? And 
think that's just not be you know it's, it's going into the unknown isn't it so yeah. of course you don't know but I think having a, a, a mentor who can kind of help you through that process is great so that is one one theme yeah. the biggest theme though more so I would say is lack of confidence so they don't feel confident about asking for a pay rise or promotion okay. they're not confident talking in a room where perhaps they may be the only woman in a meeting room mm-hmm. they um don't feel confident about presenting to perhaps some very senior men in their business without being perceived as immature or aggressive so it it tends to be the common theme underlying everything is confidence yeah Yeah. Um, and I think that businesses and organisations really do need to start running internal workshops or something to help women because it's it's a it's a real far reaching problem I think. Yeah. Because obviously confidence doesn't it's not just something that you can switch on, you've either you've either got it or you haven't, yeah. haven't you? But I don't think that people do either just have it as a woman with the issues that they may be facing. I think yeah. that they only get confidence and what our mentors say is through having gone through that journey and that experience themselves and then they become more confident it was never kind of innate in them I mean obviously some people are more confident than others Um, but it's how to navigate I suppose that world of work that if you're in an industry that is predominantly male orientated it can be quite tricky and quite difficult although things are changing would you say that a lot of that confidence issue or nervousness um, when it comes to like having a family is because maybe they've got male bosses and so they're almost they don't feel like they can approach them and say I'm thinking of starting a family how would that work with my hours yeah. etc and definitely all that that businesses just aren't set up for working parents to thrive yeah be that having a male boss or a female boss with kids or without kids I yeah. think one thing I've always tried to communicate to my partner is you've got to lead by example and if I need you home at four o'clock because there's sports day on at school or whatever you've kind of got to come because there may be someone else in your organisation who is thinking the same but doesn't feel confident enough to ask for the time off but if they see the senior leadership team doing that then they'll feel that they can yeah um but businesses have to have more flexible working hours and I think nurseries have to be more flexible as well. Nurseries? Yeah, nurseries, childcare. As, uh, what do you mean in terms of their flexibility? Do you yeah, because there's always this cut-off point. Cut point at half five or six o'clock where then you've got to start paying, I don't know, £20 an hour. Yeah. And sometimes the issue actually isn't with the business. The business will offer, you know, you can leave at five, half four, but if the train's, you know, then the stress yeah. and the panic is getting back in time to pick the child up. So I think the child care system and the working system needs to work together. And I imagine, not that I've ever experienced this, but the organisations where there is child care on site, something probably works best, but I, I don't know, I've never experienced no, that. It's really interesting because obviously everyone always puts the onus on the company, mm. but like you say, it's also the actual child care organisations I mean I know that women who've found it easier in their workplace to work as a freelancer or in permanent often have their 
their own parents on hand to do the childcare. Yeah. So there's no problem then with pickups. Yeah. But then you've always got to rely on having that support network. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So um, the ones that do that can always, be really yeah. helpful. And if you don't, then you've got to rely on external sources. Yeah. yeah. I always yeah. think you should have. It's a hard one, isn't it? I always think that businesses should have um, like on-site care but then I always question as well it's like oh would it feel weird to like on your lunch break just go down and see your child yeah. and be like and like bringing them in on the commuter train and you know I mean I don't I don't know what the solution is no but there should be extended hours somehow I think with nurseries yeah. perhaps yeah okay um and in terms of from a recruitment point of view yeah would you say that you're starting to get um, different briefs at the moment? Because obviously there's a big thing around making sure that women get to the top roles. So as a result of that, would you say that you're seeing more briefs which are specifying the gender that people are looking for? Well, yes. Question. Yes, <laughs> yes, we, I am. However, um, legally we can't just submit... Yeah women for you know I mean we can't we can't do that so what I always um say is that we will offer an equally diverse shortlist of candidates and therefore then it's down to the employer to then interview based on choice with everyone having the same opportunity to go for that job yeah um but yes it is becoming more common but I don't think it's necessarily the solution just to ask for women I think you've got to have that diverse shortlist actually across a number of different diversity issues to be honest Um, and then it's down to having a diverse interview panel so a really quick solution is to make sure that whoever is interviewing there is a man and a woman and whatever other diverse people you want on your interview panel rather than two men interviewing if it's a woman, because we'll all have different unconscious biases when we interview, so it's about making your shortlist as diverse as possible and your interview panel as diverse as possible. Yeah. Do you think there's merit in blind? I know you obviously can't do blind interviews, but as in blind submissions, because obviously there's it. It just seems ridiculous, doesn't it? It seems to be all going the other way. Like I know for certain, for instance, I don't want to be hired into a job just because I'm a woman yeah. I want to be hired in job on merit yeah um, so it feels like it's they're trying to tip it so the other way that actually men that are very talented against women who perhaps haven't got the same credentials for the job are getting the job even though they've not got yeah I can see where that that thought process comes from I don't know if any business would hire somebody who wasn't the right person for the job or not as good as someone else everybody wants the best people in the right position but what it is is making sure that there's no lazy recruiting and by that I mean just going through your own network so for example you know most people's networks are based on people who look and sound like them so it's making sure that you're having this this longer list of candidates and you've got an equal number of both sexes on there and then the right person would be hired into the yeah. right job it's make sure that there's equal opportunity rather than it being oh who do you know mate or who's over there yeah. oh you want to get my mate in so and so from whichever agency yeah. which isn't equal and fair and does put women at 
or have historically at a disadvantage. Yeah. Like, would, would do you? Do you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. If, it, if it continued like that. Um, so things are changing, definitely. Uh, there's still a lot more to be done. Okay. Um, have you ever been asked as part of a brief whether, say, there's been um, a candidate that someone's really interested in have they ever then questioned a woman or a man actually um, then questioned are they planning to have children soon no 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 never had that okay. uh, I think that's been well no that's I think everybody knows or has known that yeah. that can't and nobody would ask it in an interview either so no haven't had that no and you've never felt... But whether they're thinking it and yes, therefore yeah. don't interview that person because of that, then that's a different matter. Yeah, but they won't say it yeah. out loud, yeah. Yeah. Um, would you say, obviously, before you started your own business, did you um, did you ever feel scrutinised? Did you ever think, oh, are they looking at me as if, to, you know, to be like, oh, you're of childbearing age or anything like that? No, because I think at the time I, I was quite naive and I thought that that wouldn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> but, but then it kind of did, so it was a bit of a lesson learned. But so, so I, you know, I was one of the first one in my peer group as well to have a baby, so it wasn't kind of a common thing to have happened, really. So, so no, at the, at the time I didn't. No. And no. none of your friends have experienced... No, and, and if if they have, maybe it was just subconsciously accepted. Yeah. Because we were talking 10, 11, 12 years ago, and I think it was just normal yeah. that that's what happened. You didn't get the job that you were in, or you went part-time, and yeah. you were kind of grateful. I mean, I've met a lot of women even now who are still grateful that their company offers them flexi-time or flexible hours, and they feel grateful just to have a job. And so they're on less money than they should be on. It's scary, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, really because scary. they're just like, well, you know, the company's been so great because it means I can have my family and do this. And I, and I know deep down that they're underpaid. Yeah. So and I'm guessing you yeah, can't really say anything. But, well, but they feel, how do I get the pay rise? And, you know, how do, I, how do I get paid what I'm deserved? You know, when they're letting me leave at five o'clock or four o'clock or whatever it may be. But the... The reality is, is they're probably getting home, putting their children to bed, and then working all the hours that they can in hope yeah. that they get the pay rise. Yeah, they're probably they're probably do, you know they should they I will be doing as good a job if people are delivering on the job and doing the right work and it's a good enough standard, then everyone should be paid what that job is worth. Yeah, because would you say in that scenario, would you say it is actually more the confidence rather than the company or would you say the company do take advantage a little bit or would you say it's more the, the fact that the person hasn't just hasn't got the confidence to ask for that pay rise because subconsciously they don't think they can yeah it's, it's their own barrier rather than yeah. no I think it's their own barrier but their own barrier is, is ingrained in them because of how organisations and businesses have traditionally worked yeah so it's something that they feel they can't or shouldn't be able to do but again I think that is changing I feel it's we're in a much better place now than than even two years ago. Yeah. Um, I think it's women are realising and men that it's unacceptable. Yeah. That it can't happen. That they need to be paid regardless of whether they're working flexible hours, the salary that the role deserves and is required. So, yeah. and I and I and I yeah, it's just not acceptable anymore. 
It's so strange though, isn't it? Because obviously you're saying like, you know, it was a, I, I can't even imagine what it used to be like because I still feel like we're not there, we're not there now. But it probably yeah. actually feels like quite a big jump for yourself to see yeah. that there has been that change. Yeah. When you say you started your business after uh, six months, mm. roughly. Um, does that mean that you only took six months maternity leave or was it that the idea popped into your head at that time yeah so then... the idea popped into my head at six months and then I think you get your statutory maternity pay I can't remember now for nine months okay and so and that's when I felt ready to put Raph into childcare with yeah. the childminder yeah I'm guessing at that time you couldn't share like paternity maternity leave could you no like I think I think now. Luke had two weeks I don't even know if it was paid leave. I imagine it was, but it may not have been. Yeah. It's quite scary, isn't it, to think even like even men are not getting that opportunity to spend with their children, yeah. so then the system was already yeah. set up. And, but there are now companies where I've you know, recently I've been chatting to someone who works at an organisation and they get shared parental leave. He gets four months full pay paternity leave. Yeah, and the baby's due in August, so he's now off till Christmas, using all these days up with the mum and the new baby for like five months. Oh, so they're both doing it at the same Together. time? Yeah. Oh, because normally what you find yeah, is so that yeah. you do half and half. No, but so the they're getting to do it yeah, together. He, yeah. Oh, yeah. that's really good. I know, isn't how it? amazing. I mean, I just Where does he work? <laughs> he works for a bank, an investment bank, which really surprised That is yeah, very K- surprising. KPMG, I think. Or consultancy, whatever KPMG are. We're not being paid for this endorsement. No. <laughs> um, I know, amazing. I mean, what an amazing start. You know, that is, for, yeah, as, as just... parents together, and I wonder if there was more of that, the issue around shared parenting, it would just become a natural part of once you had the baby. Yeah. Rather than, like I said, this automatic role of me doing the child, me being the one there, you know, and... And then having to have those conversations. Yeah, whereas when you have that paternity leave like that, you you are actively involved. The whole way through. Mm. I guess we need, for we, need, we need more companies to do that, yeah. don't we? Even yeah. if it was like for two months or, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be. Yeah, well, there's another company, that. big social media company, and they do four months full pay paternity leave. That's really good. Yeah. Really good. only regret in terms of work-life balance is that you you did almost take on Apple and Inc as, as your like second baby well yeah but it kind of wasn't at the same time yeah, it's yeah. kind of I needed it yeah I sacrificed I sacrificed seeing I sac- my point I was trying to make was I sacrificed being able to be a mum when I walked through the door yeah so I sacrificed not feeling that I could just sit and cuddle him up and read stories for half an hour because I was so stressed. I just wanted to get him into bed and to go to sleep. Yeah. So that's that's the bit for me. And I guess the sacrifice now for your work is the fact that you've had to pair it, pair it back. Pair it back. But yeah. actually, it's been the best thing that's happened because I'm now involved in She Says and Creative Mental Network. Yeah. So it's, it's yeah. doing well. One door shuts and more opens. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's great. I've got some like quick fire. Oh God, things. you didn't show me this. Okay, <laughs> go on. Um, but there's, there's no pressure. Um, so how often do you get home for dinner? 
every day every day now but was it different at the start do you mean get home for dinner with Rafi yeah I never had dinner with him until he was age seven during okay. the week but I did okay. it weekend because he was he needed to eat at five o'clock yeah half five and it was we weren't home yeah it wasn't possible yeah um, since becoming a mum I feel more knackered but everyone's going to say that <laughs> <laughs> but do you, I'm you say <laughs> you say you feel more knackered but do you actually feel like um, a lot of people say that it's brought more to their life and actually they are more efficient yeah I'm definitely more efficient it's brought more what has it brought more it's just put it's just brought more interest into the journey of life I suppose yeah it's just brought another thing into the life that me and Luke are on you know the journey that we're on but I also feel, and I really believe this, yeah. that if you don't want children or you can't have children or it's by choice or not by choice, there are so many other things that can add as much value. Yeah. I really do believe that. And I know more and more, I've got more and more friends who don't have kids and I think that it's a really easy to say oh you know kids are just so but it's knackering it's hard work it was hard for us to even get pregnant you know and, yeah. I, and I know some people may be thinking about becoming a mum and they might not be able to and my point is is that there is so much in life that other things yeah. than just kids as well is there any suggestions above other things make? it's just going out and diff- having different experiences, experiences. yeah yeah because like you say so many people do end up putting that energy into work quite a lot of the time yeah um, I'm happiest when oh god that's a difficult one when am I happiest on a beach <laughs> <laughs> I'm happiest when everything's calm at home everyone's relaxed and we're all snuggling up on the sofa it's really simple yeah um, being successful means For me, having a good work-life balance. Yeah. And the industry could help parents buy. Well, offering equal paid, more paid paternity that yeah. we've mentioned, ensuring that um, women who are who do return to it are paid the value of the job that they're doing, yeah. ensuring that there's more flexible working. Um, and ensuring that there's as equal career opportunities for progression if you are a part-time worker. That's interesting, yeah. Because I guess that's the other thing, is you just think, I'm just a part-time worker and therefore I can't progress anymore. Yeah. But actually, yeah. you might be putting in or progressing more than you realise and then not getting anything for it. So yeah. um, that's really good. Um, and if there's one piece of advice I could give to a new parent trying to juggle a career, it would be. Don't give everything to your work because your family are more important. Lovely. Thank you very much. was another pro mum podcast um special thanks to rachel there for speaking to me today 
The music on this podcast is called Good Morning and credit goes to the composer Audio Binger. If you would like to be featured on Promum or know someone who would, then please get in touch at the Promum website.